Neverland Podcast, episode 25. Pretty cool, I've got to 25. I'm Jeremy, host of the Neverland Podcast, found at NeverlandPodcast.com. This is my show on iTunes and Stitcher. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I plugged in my microphone and said, By the power of Neverland! I am a podcast! I became a mighty podcast host, and Neverland became the geekiest podcast on the internet. There are other things I feature besides Disney. Marvel, Thundercats, and He-Man. Together, we defend Neverlanders from the evil boredom of adulthood. <laughs> Welcome back to Neverland. Uh, it is I, of course, your usual host, Jeremy. And uh, I've got to remind you once again, you got to pull out that pixie, shake her around, and get your happy thoughts so you can come with me to Neverland here once again. Uh, we've planned a really big show here today. Uh, this is going to be an all-X-Men show. Uh, of course, as you probably know, there is a new movie coming out, X-Men Days of Future Past, which uh, is actually out today. Uh, the funny thing is how, how this is put together is I am recording this on Friday night. I have plans to see this movie on Saturday morning, and I've already recorded a, uh, a little discussion about the X-Men back on, uh, what was that, Tuesday? So everything I've recorded out of sync of how you're going to hear it, but that's just the fun of being able to record things and assemble them and put them out here for you. <laughs> so, but this is going to be a complete X-Men themed show, which kind of makes this yet another Disney themed show because Disney, you know, has bought Marvel. So it's, you know, ends up, you know, I'm trying not to become a complete Disney podcast, but I might as well admit sometimes I am kind of a Disney podcast in my own way, because let's face it, they bought me out as soon as they bought Marvel and Star Wars and and Indiana Jones, and uh, if they end up owning Doctor Who and Star Trek next, then, uh, you know, there's just nothing left for me that isn't going to be a Disney thing. So, anyways, we've got some fun there. As I as I said, we're going to go and review the movie. We're going to go and have a nice discussion about some of the history and some of our things that we enjoy about X-Men, uh, be it video games and cartoons and things like that. Uh, but before we go on further, I do want to remind you all that if you go to NeverlandPodcast.com, underneath the, the header, you'll see FOTM. If you would kindly click on FOTM, you will also then see a link that says click here to go to my Kickstarter. Uh, I do have a Kickstarter campaign running right now. I'm trying to be able to get out to the Friends of the Magic out in Disneyland in order to be able to film and complete a DVD, which you can pre-order on the Kickstarter page. Also, I'll record lots of audio that I can use here on the show. Uh, other rewards you can choose from, you can uh, choose from t-shirts. I have a 2009 Walt Disney World DVD that's already created that I, you can also order that as your reward. Uh, lots of different options. I'd appreciate all the help I can get. Right now, we're, we're, we're on a very slow start. I need to get this going if I'm going to have this happen. Uh, otherwise, uh, I'll just have to uh, do different things for the show. But I, I think that you would really enjoy the content that I could get from this event. Uh, if you're not familiar with this event, uh, go back and listen to the Paul Berry Show if you have not uh, already. Uh, or if you uh, have never listened to Window to the Magic before, you can go back through his archives. You can hear some of the times, uh, some of the recordings he's done from Friends of the Magic. Um, so I plan on covering that, but i got to get myself out there, and I need your help to do it. So once again, go to NeverlandPodcast.com, 
click on the FOTM, and then click on the link to go straight over to my Kickstarter project, and I do appreciate your support. That's all the sponsorship really I've got going on, other than I do have a sponsor section uh, for Roku. Uh, if you are considering purchasing a Roku device, and I have some more incentive to purchase a Roku device, uh, here later you're going to hear me mention the Warner Archives Instant Streaming Service, something that's very new to me. There's all kinds of different stuff from Warner Brothers on there, uh, which is available on Roku. Uh, also, if you're interested in the WWE Network, uh, that is also found on Roku. And uh, you can purchase a Roku directly through my website. Uh, there's a little link there, a little picture of a Roku uh, symbol. Uh, that does help out the show. Also, uh, you can support a friend of mine's website. Uh, what is that? Dito.biz, I believe. Uh, but she's got a link there. Uh, she helped design, if you look at the uh, the logo I've been using on the show, it's also on the website where it's kind of the He-Man thing. She did the lettering uh, she also does some other artwork and everything uh, does web design and stuff like that so if you're actually looking for some good professional web art or art creation uh, I do recommend her website as well uh, also you'll find on the website that we do have friends of the show including C-3PO Loki Mace Windu Dr. Bruce Banner Captain Rex Venom Princess Leia, Jean Grey, Darth Maul, Nick Fury, Grand Moff Tarkin, Captain America, Lando Calrissian, Cyclops. What do all these characters have in common? Well, two of them were played by Samuel L. Jackson. A couple of them were played by Hammer Films veterans Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Come on, guys. You know this. Well, of course we do, Jessica. Just like Mickey Mouse and Captain Jack Sparrow, they're all now Disney characters. Hello, I'm Tracy of the Disney Indiana Podcast, and my co-host Scott and I enjoy talking about all aspects of the House of Mouse, and that includes their newest properties, Marvel and LucasArts. We also talk about Disney resorts, the cruise line, theme parks, and whatever else Mickey has to offer. Which includes movies, Imagineering, video games, and collectibles. You'll never know what we'll decide to talk about. So check us out at www.disneyindiana.com or do a search for the Disney Indiana podcast on iTunes because now we've got a lot more to talk about. And don't forget about those other quote-unquote Disney characters like, well, Sully, Fozzie Bear, Buzz Lightyear, Link Hogthrob, Doug, Janice, Merida, Pepe, Bruce, Ralph the Dog, Wally, Dr. The Disney Bunsen Indiana Podcast. Even after five years, we're still miles away from the nearest Main Street, USA. We're not listed on the map, but you can join us at www.disneyindiana.com. Okay, now I do want to remind you, not only can you find me at NeverlandPodcast.com, but we do have an email address, podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. Send me anything you'd like to, any comments about the show, how much you're enjoying it, something you wish that I would talk about on the show, uh, or if you have any fun audio clips that you'd like to share, you know, just whatever you feel like sending me. I love getting them. Uh, I had some people send me some video, but they didn't give me permission to share the audio with me. Uh, it was actually something that Paul Barry and I had spoken about with uh, Jim Cummings over at UCLA. Somebody sent me some video. It was really a lot of fun, but without permission to share it, I'm going to not share it unless something changes there. Uh, but I do enjoy getting that type of content. You just got to, you know, as long as it's okay for me to share it online, just let me know. Uh, also, you can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Neverland Podcast, or, hey, follow us on Twitter, 
at Neverland P Cast. All right, well, now that that is all out of the way, I say it's about time we got to some news. Okay, well, let's get started with this. Uh, Godzilla director Gareth Edwards is to direct not only a sequel to Godzilla, but also an unnamed 2016 Star Wars spinoff film. Pretty exciting, huh? Uh, Gary Whitma is set to write the screenplay, but no word yet on which spinoff this is going to be. I'm not even sure how many spinoffs they're really going to go for. I think we've heard previously that there was at least two, like a Han Solo and a Boba Fett. But, you know... Expanding universe, you never know. They might just go for it. Uh, so we'll find out here, um, hopefully, very soon on which one he's working on. Uh, an official announcement from Marvel Studios. This is their exact announcement that they released to the press. Marvel and Edgar Wright jointly announced today that the studio and director have parted ways on Ant-Man due to differences in their vision of the film. The decision to move on is amicable and does not impact the release date on July 17, 2015. A new director will be announced shortly. Uh, now, Wright co-wrote Ant-Man with Joe Cornish, uh, so does this mean the script is going to be altered? Uh, I mean, I guess he still could get a screen credit. It's still amicable, but I kind of have to wonder about that because they didn't like his vision. Um, so, I mean, was there something in this that he added in the script, you know, that maybe they didn't like? Um, a word was Kevin Feige was happy with his vision at some point. I, I don't know what has happened here or what has transpired, but apparently it's amicable, and I'm still excited about the potential for this movie. Uh, now, Michael Douglas is set to play Hank Pym, who's, of course, biochemist who creates a method to communicate with ants and to also alter his size. Uh, and yet we have Paul Rudd playing Scott Lang, who is the Ant-Man. Uh, well, no word if we're going to see Hank Pym as Ant-Man at any time during the movie, because after all, he was the original Ant-Man. Uh, and what about Wasp? Uh, I haven't heard anything, uh, but she'd have to, I guess, be played by someone near Douglas's age, right? You know, I'd, I'd like to see Wasp included, but, uh, you know, I'd like to see an Ant-Man and Wasp kind of team in there. And they really kind of aimed for an older Hank Pym, um, which Michael Douglas, great actor. He'll be an awesome Hank Pym. Um, I'm just not sure how they're going to work it all together. Uh, I'm not sure what the plan is. Uh, but we'll see. I'm still excited for this, and I would love to see him as part of the Avengers eventually. Uh, well, hey, did you see the teaser image saying that the new Doctor Who is coming in August? Are you as excited as I am? Uh, we don't know anymore other than Peter Capaldi is he's going to be the new Doctor, and it's coming in August. <laughs> it was really vague. It is really kind of a tease. They kind of did, uh, you know, there was previously some pictures of him kind of in this kind of cool pose, and you kind of see the uh, the costuming and the suit he's going to wear. But this one, this was a neat image uh, where it kind of had the inside of the TARDIS look like something was kind of on fire in the background or something, kind of exciting-looking picture, and then it's just kind of had a sort of a shadow of Peter Capaldi. Um, kind of in the same pose that he was in the, the previous images. Um, so either way, though, very exciting. Finally, you know, August can't get here soon enough. Uh, especially uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. There was a new trailer that was, came out, and uh, that's August 1st when Guardians of the Galaxy is going to come out. This new trailer looks fantastic. Uh, I'm getting quite excited for this. I did, uh, from Free Comic Book Day, there was a Guardians of the Galaxy and a Rocket Raccoon comic. I've read both of those. I enjoyed them both. Sounds like a lot of fun. I feel like I've really been missing out. Uh, there apparently are some graphic novel releases. Apparently, uh, Brian Michael Bendis has been writing for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy here lately, so... I think I'm going to have to track some of this down and read some of it. This is good stuff. 
anyways, I'm uh, moving on. Prometheus 2 is scheduled to film in Australia, it seems, as Ridley Scott has been scouting out locations. Now, I didn't see the first Prometheus. Maybe I, I should see it. Uh, apparently, it is in the same universe as the Alien series, but I don't know about the connection. Uh, so I guess that's something for me to go watch and find out. I mean, is this supposed to be like a... The early concept of where, you know, they first encounter aliens? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I really missed out. I, but I, I'm going to have to track that down. Uh, if it's on Netflix, I'm going to have to go watch it. Uh, there's also a teaser trailer for Marvel's Big Hero 6, which is an animated feature from Walt Disney Animation. Now, I don't know anything about this other than robots, and it is, this was created by uh, in Japan as a kind of a division of Marvel in Japan. Uh, it should be a fun watch show. It's supposed to be a rather you know comedic kind of car, uh, comic and everything. So, uh, very excited for this. Could be a lot of fun. I'm usually pretty pleased with most of these that Disney puts out. Uh, so. We'll have to take a look. I kind of like the idea of some Marvel properties that manage to lend themselves to uh, animation. Uh, I know Pixar has expressed interest in it someday, someday maybe doing some Star Wars. Maybe they'll do some Marvel, you know. Uh, this, you know, use of the property, I like it. As long as they're doing good work with it, I, you know, I'll enjoy all of it. All right. Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. The title has become official. And filming has also begun. Uh, now, of course, there's some questions. Uh, why didn't they just call it Dawn of Justice? That, that's kind of a cool title, I guess, by itself. Well, I don't know. Uh, why didn't they call it World's Finest? I've seen that question on there, but I guess that's because they're really wanting to push their Justice League movie, and it's uh, Dawn of Justice does kind of have that hint like, oh, this is going to be the beginnings of the Justice League movie by the end of it. Uh, but you have to question, is it a little too late? A little Too little too late? We'll see. Uh, Zack Snyder is set to direct, of course, this film and also this Justice League movie. Uh, I have also heard word that Perhaps a few of the characters in the Justice League might get some of the movies of their own. Maybe Wonder Woman. I don't know about Cyborg getting his own movie. But, you know, they've been announcing all these different characters going to be part of the Justice League. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm still going to probably enjoy it, I think. Even with Zack Snyder, I'm not that pleased with him um, overall. But... You know, it's, it could be fun uh, just to see uh, the DC answer to Avengers because really uh, Justice League was first in the comics. They were just a little dragging their feet with the idea of actually ever making a movie themselves. They're a little behind the curve, I think. But, uh, you know, this could be their big step to kind of come back. Uh, Warner Archive Instant Service. Now, I have not heard of this until now. You heard me mention this earlier. Uh, it is set to stream the old filmation Adventures of Batman, Adventures of Superman, and later, uh, coming in June, is going to be an Aquaman series. Uh, these are considered some iconic series. Uh, these are from like the 1960s, 1970s. Uh, when Filmation was making these, now Warner, Warner Archive it will cost you $9.99 per month, and it is viewable on your i your Apple TV uh, or your Roku. Uh, you can even watch it on your PC. I'm not sure how far the uh, the service has spread. I did find out that there's a podcast of Warner Archive uh, where they talk about different type of things. Uh, I I don't know if I'm that worried about listening to it, but if you are, then uh, just search it on iTunes. That's where I bumped into it because I was uh, uh, trying to get some information about it. Uh, anyways, in video game news, uh, be on the lookout for a teaser for Disney Infinity 2 that showcases the Avengers playset. 
Uh, and there's also supposed to be a teaser out now for a game called Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. They have cast some voices for that. Uh, I don't really know much about this game. Uh, I haven't really followed up on a lot of Lord of the Rings games. Maybe I should. Uh, I do have an interest in the Lord of the Rings Lego game. I played a little bit of that on the demo, and it is fun. Usually those Lego games are. Uh, but I know they've been making a lot of different ones. Um, there was... Golly, well, it was like a strategy game, uh, Battle for Middle Earth, uh, I believe it was, that uh, came out. And uh, you know, I haven't really been paying attention to these things. Maybe I should be. Uh, I don't know if this is somewhat connected to that. I don't know exactly anything about this game other than uh, there's a teaser out there, so go check it out. Now, that's not a whole lot of news, I know. Uh, but uh, I don't want to run long like I've been in the habit of doing, and we still have a, an X-Men review to get through and also a nice conversation with uh, frequent uh, guest Philip about uh, X-Men past, which is kind of funny that the way I said that because the new movie is X-Men Days of Future Past, and the review is coming up next. I'll notice the now, now my first class, but for a while I did because the director of that film, and it's not his fault, the producers told him at first that that first class had nothing to do with the other ones, it's not connected, and so the poor director was trying to make it separate, but yet he had Hugh Jackman and others show up for you, as you know, and it was like, uh, I didn't know how to accept that film because it wasn't connected, was it not? Now we know for a fact that they've made it connected. Yeah. <laughs> they've reconnected everything. Uh, X-Men 3 being a terrible film doesn't matter. Oh, whoop. Oh, I thought that we were about to get an extra scene. But overall, okay, so you've just heard some early review stuff. <laughs> but overall, we liked it. Uh, we're trying to be spoiler-free as best we can. Yeah. Um, they did, of course, some some changes, but it seems like they're trying to get on track. Fox appears to have figured out that after Avengers, you've really got to step up and actually keep it closer to the comics and set everything's back to right and decided, oh, you know what? We messed up things with X-Men. Let's try again and fix it and get back so we can make more X-Men movies and make them good. Seems that's what I can kind of sum this up pretty good. Yeah. They've got to where they can continue making X-Men films like Marvel's able to keep going uh, with yeah, Marvel Studios. The way I've been in the last eight years... Even when I've seen the films like Wolverine and The Wolverine and First Class, ones that are pretty good, I couldn't help but also back and say, man, if only number three didn't suck. Because no matter where, how good these prequels are, the sequels, we know where it's going to end. But they've kind of fixed it. They kind of fixed it. Now, there's still some weird things. Like, I still, after watching The Wolverine this week, he had his claws chopped off. He regrew the bones, but it didn't have the antimantium. Where did he get his claws back here for the future in this movie? Only God knows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They didn't solve that little issue. They did manage also, to, another mistake i got to point out, they killed off all of the characters you saw in First Class, which means they've killed off Emma Frost, but yet she's also in X-Men and Origins Wolverine. Yeah, there are certain things they had messed up in those yeah. at those times, but, you know, there's only so much they could fix, I guess. Yeah. Now, if they could only fix the fact that Havoc is Cyclops' younger brother, oh, yeah, and oh, yet he's alive in the 60s, yeah. they completely blew up on a lot of other ways. But oh, they at least okay. show, they've shown potential they can make some, some good movies from here on, because they've reset the X-Men almost back to where we were about X-Men 2. Mm-hmm. So, I think we can say that safely without spoilers. Which is... What, uh, 10 years ago? Yeah. X-Men 2. Well, <laughs> so it basically took 10 years to fix 10 it. 10 years to get back on track. Yeah. Which they, they feel threatened with, with Disney and you know Paramount before them doing oh, so well through Marvel Studios. Because I did notice when this one started, it wasn't Marvel Studios. They just had to put the Marvel label yeah. on there. Yeah. So Marvel isn't quite getting to make these themselves even for Fox to distribute. Fox is still making them themselves. Yeah. 
but they uh, they do see the threat now on the potential that these movies could have if they do the characters right. So it seems they're wanting to get back to where they have a shot at trying to do something. And uh, they've got more mistakes to fix. Well, there is already plans for uh, for X-Men Apocalypse next, yeah. which could be awesome. And then, of course, a Gambit movie or yep. two. Could be. So they, then they've already cast Gambit. Yeah. So we haven't got much of your thoughts, though, Seth. Well, you know, you guys are pretty much uh, <laughs> with your guys' theories going around. I mean, you know, uh, you know. I like seeing Bishop. Yeah, it was nice to see Bishop. I did find it strange that he had to use his gun to use his powers. But I guess it does kind of help because in the comics, Bishop, you know, he, he could absorb mutant, absorb energy and then project it from his hand, but yet he still carried a gun, which never made sense. So I guess they fixed it. They said, oh, no, he's using the gun to help project his power. Yeah. It's deep so, thinking, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what they were thinking, what they were going for. All I know is we don't want anybody associated with X-Men 3 back on, <laughs> back on this stuff. Um, exactly. Because from my understanding, they had the original writing team back on this and everything so yeah. it wasn't yeah Brian Singer back directing again yeah, he did good. without making any political statements of his own yeah. I appreciated that yeah me too so I'll leave that said as far as that's going to go <laughs> now I have noticed though that they, they've decided a slightly different direction where Marvel Studios is kind of doing things through Disney they keep their films completely clean uh, Fox seems to be going from the idea of, oh, let's have a bit more language, and they decided to go ahead. You know what? Everybody wants to see Hugh Jackman's butt, don't we? So we get to see it. Well, we know. Uh, I, I disagree with a lot of people's opinions where they're saying that all these things with Wolverine needs to be rated R because so he can be so ultra violent. I'm thinking you can get the idea without showing all blood and guts and stuff and butts. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I think they, they they came too close to even in the Wolverine when he's in the bathhouse. It's like, you know what? You don't need to do this. This is a comic book. People yeah. want to take their kids. So if you put push things See, too far, what, you can't take that's your kids. Where, uh, I, where, whether it be on Facebook or other places where I disagreed and I said, listen, money, as you know with the studios, money is first. Right. More people can come if it's rated PG or PG-13 than can with rated R with their kids. Right. So therefore, more money you will get if you do if you stay away from all the violence. That's just yeah. how it is. Well, you more know. More money you will get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can bring your kids and you suddenly See, that look, brings more people to DC make money. On a movie. <laughs> uh, Washington, D.C. Yeah. actually says here. Okay, well, there might be something here at the end of the credits, which I will pause this and we'll say whether or not you should stay to the end of the credits. Look, look they didn't have Hail to the Chief. <laughs> yeah, because they played Hail to the yeah, Chief. I was looking at the copyright to it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to pause this and come back whenever uh, we see what's at the very, very tail end. Okay, so now we just saw the extra thing at the end, the credits. Heckfire, yes, stay. Uh, yeah, they had that same message at the end of the Wolverine of making authorized distribution and has queried 15,000 jobs. That's nice. Uh, well, I must say that with the... With the I, I had a thought, and now you drove it out of my head. I got distracted. Well, we saw. Oh, it seems they are definitely taking cause from what Marvel Studios is doing with Disney, of previewing what you're going to do next at the very end. Like Guardians of the Galaxy was previewed at the end of Captain America: The Winter Soldier. So they did preview what's coming next in the X-Men universe. And also, so. also in Thor, the second Thor, you see the villain for the. the Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah I was thinking. I'm sorry. I was. Th I was thinking Thor instead of uh, Winter Soldier. As, yeah, where they showed a preview of uh, the Infinity Wheel stuff, and apparently, and I have seen the guy in that yeah. in the trailer. Now we saw the trailer we just he's saw. Actor. Yeah, he's been a lot of films. Including. Yeah, and he's apparently the bad guy in Guardians of the Galaxy. And he was in that little thing at the very tail end of Thor, and, and including the movie that made Brian Singer huge. 
is uh, the uh, Usual Suspects. Ah, is I haven't that. seen that. Well, it's good. It's, it's got a lot of language, but it's good. All right, I'll have to check it out. Well, right, signing out. So that's pretty much our review of X-Men Days of Future Past. All right, Neverlanders, we have once again, you're kind of pretty much the co-host around here, we have Phil back. You are correct, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Phil has been on more episodes, I think, than anyone else, uh, other than me, of course, every time. So, but we have some fun to talk about. We're going to geek out hardcore. Woohoo! Because we're going to talk X Men, and already in this show, you will have heard my review of X Men, and I'm actually recording this before I see the movie, just like last week with Godzilla. Ah. So, I don't know. Hopefully, I will. you will have heard that I liked the new X Men film. So, <laughs> I, I love doing this backwards like this, you know, and just, just to catch people off guard. You always do things backwards. It's okay. I got to. I got to. <laughs> so, but it went out, it went pretty well last week with talking about uh, Godzilla before we actually got a chance to see the new movie. So, you know, but let's rewind the clock and everything to, um, let's talk some comics and everything. So, how, how much of the 80s stuff have you gotten to see? Have you gotten to read any of the, like the old Chris Claremont stuff? Yeah, that's when I first started hearing about the X-Men, of course. Uh, I don't know how much of that I've read. I don't remember who wrote what. I just remember as a young man, uh, I had a few friends who were collecting X-Men toys. Uh, even some teenagers who collect like the... <laughs> yeah, these are like... Not the that old, we didn't do that. Oh, no, we did it and, and <laughs> still do to a certain uh, point. But anyway, yeah. uh, we, I saw some of these characters. I never heard of them before. And then I remember my brother had a cookbook, a Marvel cookbook, which I still have. <laughs> a Marvel oh, cookbook. And it had these characters I'd never seen. And I honestly thought this one character looked to me like a weird Batman. Of course, I know now that was Wolverine. Yeah. and uh, But anyway... Well, so. I thought Wolverine was a villain. The first picture I saw of him was him with his claws out standing on a big pile of bodies. Yeah. And I thought, well, wait a minute. Superheroes don't kill. So, it was, so. See, that's just the, how I got to know them is through other people. But uh, my brother-in-law, once uh, right after my sister got married, he had these little bitty die-cast figures that he painted of the X-Men at the time. Oh. And so he started showing me a few of the characters, and i got to admit, I got hooked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of came along later. But, of course, we'll, we'll jump into that. I almost, you know, if Really, if we want to dig in some history, the X-Men, because well, let's see, what first they first popped up in 1963, right? Mm-hmm. And it really didn't succeed. It was supposed to be a bit of a commentary on racism and everything. Here, here's the thing that's always bugged me about X-Men. Okay, so... They're supposed to be hated and feared because they're mutants, and they're mutants because, well, they were all born, and they have powers. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, they can't always control their powers very well. How does that make them different from the rest of the Marvel Universe, where everybody else has powers? Yes. So, how come they're supposed to be hated and feared for having powers, but yet, well, Spider-Man kind of is kind of hated and feared, but that's J. Jonah Jameson's fault. And the Hulk. And the Hulk. Well, Hulk, though, smashes things. But most of the guys, we know, with powers... Well, we're not afraid of them, but you guys, because you were born with your powers. So that never made sense. I mean, I get they were trying to do a commentary, but it just doesn't stick up. I have well. a friend named Frank, and he's all, he's brought that to my attention for the mm-hmm. last 20 years. <laughs> it just don't make sense. Yeah. But they were making a statement. Uh, it didn't quite go over well, and uh, so the first comics of it actually kind of failed until they brought it back. What was it, night? 1970s, I think. It was still around, but it didn't do it, all that well. It wasn't in selling. 1975. I, th- I was thinking 75, yeah, but I wasn't sure. The first giant super size, size X-Men, X-Men. Which introduced Wolverine, who actually, well, he was been introduced before as a, someone to fight a vil- the Hulk. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but it brought him into the X-Men 
happening. Just they decided he was a mutant. Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler, Colossus, Colossus Storm, Storm, yeah, uh, uh, Warpath, uh, Sun. Was Warpath in that moon? one? Su- uh, Sun. I I just remembered the that that group of like five that. Yeah, no, the, they uh, also yeah. He's even on the cover. Because I know you've got the you've got a reprint of that. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I know I've read it and it must have been from you. Uh, probably. <laughs> but the story on that one is like all the X Men except for Cyclops have been captured and everything. And, and Sunbeam so, or whatever his name is, the guy with the Sunspot. The Sunspot. Sun, I don't know one of those. But guys. Uh, yeah. Cyclops is sent to go and recruit a new team of X-Men and everything to go and uh, that's what caught on but really what made it popular was in the 80s with Chris Claremont and he did things like the Phoenix Saga and the Dark Phoenix Saga which I do have a copy of the Dark Phoenix Saga very good read Days of Futures Past and Days of Future Past yeah he, which, which I, believe, I believe he wrote that one which is what the new film is but I didn't really catch on to the whole thing because I'm, you know, I'm one of those Marvel guys that I I, you know, I didn't have money to go buy comics, so I had to read other <laughs> people's stuff for a long time. But uh, I was familiar with uh, Spider-Man from back when I was a kid. You know, he was on the Electric Company, and then Spider-Man and his amazing friends, and the Incredible mm-hmm. Hulk on the TV series scared me to death, but the cartoon was awesome. So I was kind of familiar from that. So X-Men I had kind of heard of, and some other people had some stuff. So I was like, well, okay, this is the kind of a thing. But what really started getting me like, well, what is this anyway, was I was in a bowling league uh I think it was freshman year in high school, and I saw the six-player stand-up arcade game. Okay, so there it was back in 1991. I first saw the six-player stand-up of X-Men. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it played kind of like the, you know, we were already big fans of the Ninja Turtle game. So when yeah. I saw the thing, I was like, it's like the Ninja Turtles, only it's these, these X-Men people that I didn't really know anything about. <laughs> now, I had heard some stuff before because uh, there had been people who talked about uh, Pride of the X-Men, which mm-hmm. I had not at this time. I'll have to share that theme here in a little bit, uh, which I did not see because I didn't know who they were. Uh, but you saw the first run yeah, of that, right? Yes, I did. Uh, it was in the 80s. I remember I was sick on a Sunday morning, and Warner Brothers used to have this uh, Sunday morning show. Hanna-Barbera? Did I say Warner Brothers? Yeah, you said oh, Warner I'm Brothers. sorry. Hanna-Barbera. Now, granted, you know, Hanna-Barbera's been bought out by Warner Brothers. Yeah, but, uh, so that's kind of ironic. But, but it hadn't happened, I don't think, no, at that time. No, at that time. But anyway, there was uh, cartoons where they used to have, like, Paw Paw Bears and Yogi Paw Bear. Paw Bears. Yeah. yeah. And then, but anyway, they had, um, uh, sometimes they show Spider-Man stuff. And on this time, they showed uh, the X-Men cartoon, and I thought it was awesome. Pride of the X-Men. Let's go ahead and play that theme right now. Why not? No place to hide. No place to run. No place to run. Okay, now see, the arcade game was actually based off Pride of the X-Men. They mm-hmm. were expecting it to be a, a launch for a series, but it didn't quite go anywhere. Yeah. And I think part of the problem was they did some weird things like giving um, Wolverine an Australian accent for some crazy <laughs> reason. Yeah. 
So it was supposed to spin off and been this big thing, and they made an arcade game based, you know, the animation style and the look of the characters was completely based off that cartoon. Yeah, it was very different. I, uh, different from what we're used to of X-Men. I remember that was about the time where I saw that cartoon that I'd seen some toys. They were called the uh, Secret Wars. And I saw that they had made a Wolverine where the claws you had to clip onto his wrist. Oh, know? my goodness. But, uh, you know, it was it was wonderful. And, and they didn't have a toy line of X-Men until about the time of that video game. The, yeah. Like and they made that. That was Toy Biz, toy I guess, biz, was the yeah. first one started making them. And they were really kind of stiff and blocky. But, and But they kind of... Uh, they did so well after a while. The yeah. first few ones were weird. I still have a few of them. But I used well. to have all mine, and then I gave them up. And I, I have a lot of them because so many memories. Right. So many memories of the X-Men yeah. through those toys. <laughs> yeah, and I, I kind of wish I still had a lot of my old stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh, if I'd have just known then what I knew now. But um, <laughs> so, uh, but the, the funny thing is, okay, so that same day after I saw the, uh, the arcade game, I had gone home and I was telling uh, like Jim, you know, you know Jim and Nick and his brother Nick and everything oh, about yeah. the arcade game and everything, and they actually had already started collecting the X Men trading cards. Yeah, you remember those? Yeah. I think they were up to series two or something by that time. I still have some of them too. <laughs> oh, mine are all, I I had a, a pretty good set of them and I can never find them. They're gone. Huh. Sort of like uh, I think series three of my Marvel cards I can't find. I can only find like series four. I don't know where they went. I lost them even back at the old house before I still I have uh, still have them too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's what, that was when trading cards were becoming big and so we all kinds of Marvel Fact. ones. They had X-Men specific well, I, ones. I came to your house uh, with you and your brother David and that's what, that day that I bought, if you remember right, you know, just a whole heap of those cards, and we were putting yeah, them in we were little sorting book them out and everything. I put them in that little book, which are still in. Most yeah, of most of them are. <laughs> I kind of wish they still made those. I'd probably go out and buy some again if they did another Marvel set. Because well, eventually they've got to where they did like the Marvel masterpieces, where they had the, yep, the full painting ones, yeah. and oh, but those were great times. But yeah, that's where I got to kind of learn a little bit about. I saw some of the different characters on these trading cards, mm-hmm. and then started reading some of the comics. I think I borrowed some some of the comics from maybe from you at first. Uh, may have it at least. I think only I borrowed. I read a lot of your Batman. Yeah, I still um, have a lot of those old X Men comics still. Oh, I got all mine. Uh, I even have the very first X Men comic. Okay, there was. Uh, we were going down with our church. We were going down to Eureka Springs yep. to go watch the Passion Play and whatnot. And we'd made a stop. No, I because well, no, I yeah, I th- we made a stop somewhere and I'd picked up a couple of comics there. But I think I, I even bought some while we were in Eureka Springs. But that's where I bought. I, uh, I golly, I wish I could think of what number it was. That'd be awesome. But I had an X Men, a Wolverine, and an Amazing Spider Man that I had purchased uh, while there. Of course, Spider Man ended up being my overall favorite. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of cool. I, I still remember it was, uh, with X Men. It was the the newer. Uh, series style because it had then been running in Uncanny for however long but then they had the new X-Men book Yeah, and uh, the one I'd had just was known as X-Men just known as X-Men and it had Ghost Rider guest starring in there and yeah. uh, it was the, my first introduction to the Brood because the Brood had been infecting people in Louisiana and, and this introduced Gambit to me because it was in his town and it was Gambit's uh, former fiance and everything and uh, Ghost Rider actually got infected and turned into one of the Brood and they had to uh-huh. like save him from it uh, and then the Wolverine comic I had actually introduced me to Spiral and Mojo and Mystique. They were all in there, and the, the, Mojo was for a TV show. He was creating the end of the oh world yeah. uh, and was trying to record it for his but show. I feel fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I get to learn all these new characters, and that was kind of the launching point. And then you know, from there, it's like, what, we, what Uncanny X-Men 300 was like a big one. Mm-hmm. And then I started back collecting and got X-Men number one. I started collecting and reading all this stuff. The thing I remember about those days with uh, the collector cards and all that stuff... 
I remember that uh, they had the Uncanny X-Men, and then they had the X-Men by itself. And mm-hmm. what they did was they had two different groups. You yeah, had the gold, gold team and gold the blue team. 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 That's yep. it. And uh, I usually liked the blue team because you had Wolverine and Gambit, who's still my favorite. And Cyclops, who's still my favorite. And had all these great uh, characters. I wish Jean Grey had been over there. She was my other favorite. Uh, Rogue is my <laughs> second favorite. You know, there's a, that whole thing between... Rogue and Gambit I loved, and you loved the whole thing between Gene and Cyclops. So. <laughs> well, they split me between two books, so I had to read both. Yeah. So, And I, I got subscriptions I though, to Uncanny. I think that was your plan, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I had a subscription to Uncanny at some point. But then, okay, then things got really awesome because finally, and you were over, and it was Halloween, and uh, you were over at the house. Yet, I think we'd had a sleepover thing or something. Yeah. And then, finally, we'd been waiting and waiting it on Fox Kids when finally, here it comes. And they premiered one episode of the first half of Night of the Sentinels, and then kind of made us wait, you know, and had a second one, and then finally they started the series with Magneto there. But finally, it's like we—you'd half expect they'd start with the originals, yeah, uh, which would have been you know Cyclops and Marvel Girl or Marvel Jean, Girl, Grey, Jean Grey, Iceman, Iceman, Beast. Beast. And Angel. And Angel. You thought they would have had them all in there, but no. You got some of the originals, but then you get a lot of the new, other newer characters. But at least they always had special guests, and so even though yeah. you wouldn't get the entire story, you would have Angel or Archangel. Yeah. And all that First stuff. season, at least, he yeah, was there. they would try to put them in there, and Beast was at least around. Yeah, Beast was a regular, mm-hmm. which now was awesome. For all you nerds, and I'm sure you know, Beast originally wasn't this blue, hairy guy. He was originally... He had hair and stuff, but he had yeah. big, big old feet. He was big, misshapen, strong, yeah. powerful. And then it wasn't until he was in Agile. the Avengers, actually, that he became the hairy beast. And actually, he was gray uh, at first, much <laughs> yeah. like Hulk. You yeah. know? But the Probably color something wrong with the color department, yeah. yeah. So they, they made him blue. He experimented <laughs> trying to cure himself yeah, and made it worse. That's what I loved about the X-Men, though, was uh, much like with Spider-Man, I loved how a lot of times you felt bad for these people because they were trying so hard. They felt different. They felt unloved. And being a fat teenager like I was, <laughs> uh, I, I you know I always understood that. But you know, where you go? Yeah. <laughs> I was more like the blob. <laughs> yeah, but that's how Marvel characters. How I've gotten more into Marvel characters is they have like real people problems. When like over in DC, all their characters Careful are like now. are like gods. You Careful know? now. <laughs> but no, but that, that's even kind of a difference thing. Like whenever they've merged over and did some crossover stuff with DC and Marvel, the DC characters are always criticize the Marvel heroes. Like you should be considered godlike around here. You guys are just lousy heroes because they should all love you. They don't all love you, and you seem to be keep having problems. And it's like as a Spider Man could have just said we're all not superman you know so <laughs> well nobody's perfect. yeah nobody's perfect you know <laughs> we can't all be superman 
So, uh, but yeah, that was always kind of why I liked Marvel characters better. Is they were like regular people just that had these powers, and they were just trying to do the best they could. Mm-hmm. So, but I was always going. But anyways, X Men. So we get this great series, and I think it was like one until like the fourth or fifth season. We finally got Iceman to show up. Yeah, uh, I don't remember what season it was. It might have been three or four. I don't remember, but I do know that that I wanted to see Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Bobby? And it was kind of a neat storyline they had. They had where he had like. Uh, had a disagreement with the professor and had left. But during the flashback sequence in the cartoon, they actually showed like the originals yeah. in the old uniforms. Yeah, I love that they do that. I remember the the sound effects usually bothered me uh, <laughs> because it was so over the top the way the actors would, would yeah. speak and stuff. And oh, it was great. But but you know I, that, that's what we call charm. <laughs> that's what we call charm. You better believe it. Uh, okay, now at that time, because X Men started getting hugely popular, uh, we suddenly started getting more video games uh, like the Sega Genesis. was great i remember we used to play the heck out of that over the summer mm-hmm. uh uh like i guess yeah, so our neighbors had gotten that and everything and we would go in every time you know trying to get as far as we could and it took forever uh before we could figure out at the very end of it because we we did find some cheat code things eventually that would get to where your your life and your mutant power wouldn't exhaust every time you because it, it kind of was stupid that you had a limit to your power especially if you're wolverine and you're being limited on how much you can use your claws because you can run out same problem i have with su- certain superman games yeah too. <laughs> but you, you had a limit to your powers but we found a cheat method that you could do that got you know you you never got hurt you made you invincible and you could always use your powers but then we re- reached a certain point of the game it's on most Joe's world. Everything, of course, was in the danger room, and all these simulations are being pumped in because Magneto has taken over your the danger room and everything. But you're doing Magneto's or Mojo's world, and it's, it's the end of the world is happening, and you get to the end of the level, and then you've got this thing that says like, "Quick, you've got to reset the computer." And we're like, "Well, how?" You know, we were going around and trying to look for a button somewhere on screen or something like that, and took forever before uh, Matt had just gotten frustrated and just like, "Oh, dang it! We'll never be able to figure this out." Hit the reset button, and suddenly, danger room reset. You know, and then suddenly you get to play the last level. That was so clever, but the problem is, is I have a ROM and an emulator where I can play it on the computer. There is no reset button, so I had to find some other cheats that let you pick whatever level you wanted to play. Uh-huh. So if I ever, anytime I was wanting to go through and just beat it again, I, I'd have to get to that thing and just skip over the next level, which means I didn't get to read whatever the story stuff that happens in between when you hit the reset button. <laughs> but yeah, it was kind of clever and kind of a dirty trick, really, that you had to actually reset the Sega in order to get advanced in the game. <laughs> so... But then, of course, there was another game that I it took me forever to finally beat this thing. Thank you. 
So that was X Men Mutant Apocalypse on the Super Nintendo. Oh yeah. It it, uh, it kind of borrowed a lot, I think, from you know there was the uh, Capcom was making those uh, arcade fighting games. Yeah. And they had the X Men fighting game, and then they had the Marvel superheroes. But it, uh, it seems like a lot of your combination moves that your characters were doing were taken from that game. <laughs> and you even had some your to your special moves or your optic blast would be a typical Capcom fighting game maneuver. Yeah. Uh, and that's the only way I could beat that game actually is uh, when you got to Magneto. The only way you'd not die instantly is I'd have to use Wolverine and use his. Uh, he had uh, Berserker Claw. No, no, Berserker. There was Berserker oh, Barrage. But he had yes. like the spinning uppercut thing yeah, he would do with his claw. Yeah, quick, quick, quick. yeah, yeah there was that, the Berserker. Yeah. Well, it was, it was there was a Berserker Barrage was one thing, but they had yeah. like this. It was basically reused uppercut. <laughs> yeah, I it was. It was basically. Uh, or whatever, but he would do it, and so on the game, on the last thing, Magneto would be at just this one platform, I, he would come over, so he'd be closest to me, but I'd be just out of his reach, and if I could just keep doing that move, it would take about half an hour, but eventually I'd get him. <laughs> but that's the only way I could beat that thing. You know, I think we're proving... That this is definitely a, a nerd. This is definitely a nerd fest. Let's yeah. say lean a little bit forward so they can hear you. Oh yeah, nerd fest. But that's okay. If, if they're listening to this show, it's always kind of a geeky nerd fest. Anyway, heck, it's going to have X Men in the in the title for this show. So if they've listened this far and they've even listened at all with this title, then they should be expecting this. <laughs> so, but that's why you love my show, right? Okay. So, but there was another game, and we have not mentioned it. And all these games kind of came around pretty close together because the X Men was just that that '90s series just like launched them. But uh, there was also the toughest freaking game. Okay, I'm not even going to mention the old NES game because it was awful. Uh, I couldn't even figure out how to get you get stuck somewhere in the first level. It was a terrible game. But anyway, uh, on this, when the Super Nintendo first came out, this was actually one of the kind of near launch games they had. It was teaming up with my boy Spider Man. It's Spider-Man and the X-Men in Arcade's Revenge, an awesome, wonderful game. I never beat this one. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I got real good at being Spider-Man. Well, that's kind of a given for me. Yeah. So, uh, and I, it took a while before I could beat the Cyclops level. Um, the Gambit one was a pain. You can never get through it. You're being chased by that. Remember, the big spiky ball was rolling after you the whole time. And he had, like, the coolest music in the whole game. He had, like, the coolest theme music. But you, well, you know, it lasts five seconds. Oh. <laughs> you know? So, like, oh, that music's really cool. I'm dead. Yeah. Hated it, hated it. They they just gave him the most difficult. And and instead of making his cards this really cool where you could like fling him for distance, they would just pop out like he dropped his card. Oh look! And if you hit if you held down the button for more than three seconds by accident, he'd fling all fifty two cards and just drop them all. <laughs> it was the worst design thing. 
Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> now, the Genesis did get a second X-Men game uh, that was based around the Phalanx. Remember the whole Phalanx thing? I don't recall it, honestly. Oh, my goodness. It started where, uh, in the comics, there was this virus thing uh, that, that was infecting mutants and everything. And eventually, you know, the Phalanx were turned out to be this weird alien computerized race thing that was behind the whole thing. Uh, and they had a whole – it built up for like a couple of years before they had this big event called the the Phalanx Covenant where there was like the big final battle. This one I had still like have a little squares of things. Yeah, yeah like I weird digital that. stuff. Yeah. And that was – so the second uh, game for the Sega, Sega Genesis was based around that. Yeah, I do remember that now. Uh, and, you know, they made Gambit finally cool. Yeah. <laughs> so he could t- whip some tail on that one. But, yeah, so they had all these different games. Uh, and then uh, let's see. Was I, you know, we did have some other series that would pop up later, but uh, you know, kind of things had faded away. And it was actually the beginning, really, of Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Was golly, what year was that? Ninety seven. Uh, well, in nineteen ninety eight, they brought out Blade, and that did okay. And then in, in I year, Blade was was earlier than that. No, and then in year two thousand. Well, it might have been ninety eight actually. Now think about, it. but year yeah, two thousand was, it, was when X-Men it had to have been out. sooner than two thousand. No, X came out in year two thousand. Yeah. Well, no, because I was working at Kansas City Life at the time, so yeah, year two thousand. Because mm-hmm. Blade, nobody he was such a minor Marvel character, nobody yeah. related it. There, he was a, right. he was a knock off bad Spider Man villain that had shown up because he was trying to kill Morbius at some point and thought Spider Man at one point must have been a vampire and such a minor throwaway character and they made him kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, there were the the one that really got the Marvel movies really going though was that X Men movie. Yep. Although it took me two two times watching it to actually like it. I liked it, but uh, the same complaint I have even now is, and don't get me wrong, I love Wolverine. I love Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. But they might as well title every movie Wolverine. Yeah, they, they, you didn't get anything hardly out of Cyclops or these other cool And that's what ticked me off. Yeah. As I love Cyclops, and the way they presented him in that first movie was terrible. Also, didn't like, you know, I, I'm so used to Rogue having superpowers and super strength yeah. and super... And, and they had to reduce her back to her, her beginning powers before yeah. she, you know, had Ms. Marvel and stole her powers. And all that stuff, yeah. And the comics had to follow suit then after the movie, and they put her back that way with just having the absorbing powers in the comics. Yeah. They changed in the comics. Everybody's uniform turned into black leather. Mm-hmm. They made everything realistic, and they started throwing uh, different spin on things where it was all about... We are the next phase of evolution. And, in fact, even the modern comics now, Cyclops uh, is pretty much leading a group of pretty much all the X-Men. They have their own little private little island world. And we're just kind of waiting and protecting our own until it's our time to kind of rule the Earth. Yeah, I didn't really It's nothing like what it was. I didn't get too much into all that. I will say this, though. Joss Whedon did a good job writing for a lot of those stories back Uh, then. Yeah, when he jumped in, did Astonishing X-Men, because he was trying to take it back to the way it was. Yeah, that's right. And make them being superheroes. Mm -hmm. And gave them back their uniforms. So thank you for trying to do that. But after him, there still was people like like the... Well, Cyclops has pretty much become Magneto. He's yeah. like, well, we're going to be the next. But instead of trying to wipe out the humans, he's just going to let it happen. But they just watch after their own. And that's what got Do them into you, a fight uh, with the Avengers. Something else that happened in the 90s that just came back to my memory was the Age of Apocalypse. The Age of Apocalypse. That was a big deal. That's what made me quit reading. It just irritated me, that whole it, story. It was a cool deal, but it went on too long. Yeah, it did. If it had just been like a five-issue ordeal, but the problem was, and, and of course, Marvel and DC both are good at this. Now, we should probably explain Age of Apocalypse real quick. Uh, somebody went back and killed the professor. Before he founded the X Men, what was uh, Magneto or someone? No, or I can't remember exactly who it was. I don't it wasn't remember Magneto, what the heck somebody. happened. 
Oh, the Apocalypse, somebody did. I don't remember who. I spent so long. An Apocalypse there. rules the Earth, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, and Magneto is pretty much leading the X-Men. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wolverine has one hand. And him yeah. and Jean Grey were together. Cyclops was working for Apocalypse. And he had kind of like a one-eye yeah. beam thing. Because well, apparently Wolverine had taken one of his eyes or something. Yeah, it was an interesting thing, but it went on so long that I yeah, lost. I didn't like any of it. I lost, uh, after a while, I, got, I lost any interest I had in it. It just went too long. It was like... Four or five months, it seemed like, and maybe it wasn't that long. I think it was even longer than that. Might have been, but it kind of lost me. (laughs) Yeah, but that one, it kind of lost me. I was like, I don't don't really like this storyline. And then after they restored it, they did the whole Onslaught storyline in the 90s, where the the professor had all of his dirty, evil thoughts come out and manifest themselves in this completely invincible thing that they didn't realize was the professor. Yeah. So they they couldn't do anything about it, and then the professor realized it was him, and he had to fight it his own self. And it was very weird, yeah. but they actually put Onslaught into the, uh, the uh, I think it was the uh, Marvel vs. Capcom arcade mm-hmm. game. That was the final boss was Onslaught. Yeah, so I remember that one. So yeah, we've backed up away from the movies because, yeah, all right, so the movies have kept going. Though. Yeah, yeah. And I, uh, so the first one was good. I, uh, it, it was okay. The second one was really good. Yeah, I second one was awesome. It's just like with Unfortunately, Cyclops, one. they took out of there in about ten minutes. Yeah, he was. He came back in the end, at least. But, yeah, it was, like, but, yeah, it was uh, so underused. I thought they did a, a good job of that film. For the most part, it was great. And uh, and then there was the strange thing that happened where Brian Singer went to do Superman Returns, which could have been good, but wasn't all that great. And uh, Brian Singer left to doing X-Men 3. And the guy, what was the name who did the X-Men 3? Oh, I don't even know. But He's he done was, some other stuff after that that's been, you know, like halfway pretty. But pretty he was okay. supposed to do a Superman movie, and then he, but he went to do X Men Three while Brian Singer was supposed to do X Men yeah. Three and went to Superman. But anyway, we could look that guy's name up, but I won't take the time. X Men Three <laughs> was not good. <laughs> yeah, they killed Cyclops off in the first ten minutes because they didn't want to keep him around for any longer than ten minutes anyway. Well, that, and the and then they killed the Professor. Yeah, he was going off to be in Superman. Yeah, they killed the professor. That was so, a mistake. But at the end of the, and this is at only, least they brought Kelsey Grammer and his beast. That's yeah, that was the best part of the whole movie for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Juggernaut could have been a lot better. Yeah, although I did like his line, "I'm the Juggernaut," and which yeah, <laughs> that <laughs> I don't know that he said that I laughed out loud in the theater because I don't know why that just cracked me up. Kitty Pride was good in there. They did a good yeah. job with her. Although the one problem I had with like the him versus you know Juggernaut versus Kitty Pride is okay, so she makes him phase halfway through the floor when he comes. Solid again, shouldn't his you know cells or whatever have been merged with the floor, and shouldn't that have then killed him? I don't know. I'm not going because if you're half face, <laughs> you've got a solid object. He was a solid object. They face then before he completes passing through, she lets him resolidify. He's now become one with the floor. He's dead. The coolest part for you me know? was Magneto picking up the bridge. Oh, which apparently actually happened in some comics. Yeah, I think I've that, read that one. That was a that was a great moment. I but, don't buy any X-Men comics anymore. I just check them out the library. But the movie itself was uh, really depressing and sad and uh, because they kind of, besides killing the characters, yeah. it seemed like they were killing the series. Like there was no way to fix it. But... This film that's about to come out... Days of Future Past, which you'll have heard the review by the time we get to this conversation in the show. Which, Days of Future Past is one of those big stories we were talking about earlier from the early 90s, late late 80s. And I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to it. I hope it's really good, and I hope that by the time you hear this that you all know that I love it. (laughs) Well, well, if you go with me, you can be on the same review. We could go maybe Saturday morning, Friday night. Oh, that'd be great. 
I, I do uh, know uh, it's going to be a busy weekend because that is my anniversary. They've and my had birthday two other weekend, films, so. two other films. Uh, X Men First Class. Before that was Wolverine. Right, the Wolverine Origins, which uh-huh. I liked. I liked Deadpool it. was a little screwy. Gambit was in it at least. Yeah, I like pretty the actor. decent Gambit. Yeah. I like the actor. He's from. And he's now going to be Channing Tatum, which we'll see. Yeah, well, we'll see Channing Tatum. Uh, I'm sure we'll do okay. Uh, he's at least well known enough that it will get yeah. some attention for yeah. Gambit, my favorite character. <laughs> Hopefully, it's a good movie. I hope so. And then, yeah, there was First Class, and then there was the one that just came out, The Wolverine, which I haven't seen yet. I'm gonna have to borrow that oh, from you before good. Friday. Yeah. So, because I was, I was kind of like, oh, I'm kind of tired of Wolverine movies. Granted, I did like the Origins one, and uh, but yeah, First Class was a good movie, but it was screwy because they put Havoc in there in the '60s, and that's supposed to be uh, Cyclops's younger brother. Uh-huh. So yeah, they, that they, was, you know, this is where the ultimate nerd comes out of me, where they, they change things that make no sense. And to me, that was a little goofy. Yeah. They just figured, oh, we've got so many characters. And they even put some of the recent mutants from the from in the 2000s up, up into the 60s as one of the original team well, yeah, members. Uh, so, well, White yeah. Queen was in the Wolverine film, which, uh, along right? with Cyclops, who was supposed to be in, like, I think the late 80s or whatever yeah. it was supposed to be. But anyway, yeah. I'm thinking, so how was White Queen a child? Uh, yeah. a kid, a teenager in the 1980s. Emma Frost, for those who don't know. Yeah, and then uh, in the, the 1960s, she's a 30-year-old. A good-looking 30-year-old, but a 30-year-old nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. It was just crazy. Oh, do we even want to mention that awful TV movie, Generation X? Oh, dear heavens, I'd forgotten about it. Why did you bring this back? Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they had that other spinoff series. They were trying to have like a younger team of mutants uh, to kind of replace the new mutants kind of book, but they did a Generation X and had Jubilee and a bunch of new characters, and then they thought they could yeah. make it bigger by doing yeah, so a skin and a lot of different characters that did pop up later in movies. But they did like the TV movie and had uh, uh, the one girl that had been on soap operas playing Emma Frost as she was the new head ma- head mistress. Uh, and it was an awful, terrible, terrible, terrible if TV Banshee movie. She was the other one. Yeah, which was actually how that comic was. Yeah, uh, we have to mention it, but we don't have to talk about it. Yeah, and then there was uh, <laughs> a couple other cartoon series I liked: uh, X Men Evolution. <laughs> X-Men Evolution was pretty cool. Yep, I like it. I didn't think I was going to like it, because when I was reading about it, I was like, what, you're doing what with it, and taking it back to teenagers, and you're doing what? Well, they changed some things, but for for the most part... Weird uniforms. The the style was kind of fun, and uh, it was definitely different than what I was used to, but but I kind of liked that it was different than the other one. Yeah. They did it different in a way that still worked. Yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, I remember remember Blob had this weird mohawk Yeah. And I liked it. Sabretooth looked really, really cool. Had a big old jaw. Yeah. I mean, you might as well put uh, Clancy Brown in that outfit because that's what he reminded me of. (laughs) They had a pretty cool voice Wolverine in that one, too, that I think he's even done some of the video games. But I still like the old 90s Wolverine. I go where I want to go. 
you know. This is for you, Marv. <laughs> exactly. I have that sound clip. I should probably throw it in it too, just for giggles. Uh, wherever I've got it, I, get, I think it's on my phone, so I don't think I can get it. To and then, computer. what was the name but, of the other cartoon that came a few years back? Wolverine and the X Men, which I go. thought I was going to be. Like, oh, great! A Wolverine specific series now? Are they kidding me? But actually, that was a pretty good show too. And I'll play the theme song for it right here. X-Men lasted only one season. Same with Spectacular Spider-Man. Very good series, but all of a sudden Disney bought them and although Disney's done some cool things with them, they didn't want anybody else animating their characters after they owned Marvel other than Disney animators. So all series were stopped. I really wish they had continued them though because Spectacular Spider-Man I thought was outstanding. It's a great show. It was. I got I got really deep in it. I did. Yes. <laughs> and same and with the X-Men one. It was like, yeah, they, they actually did a really good job with those shows and, and Wolverine the X-Men was a good way to it kind of helped branch into some of the more modern spin on things with mm-hmm. uh, Gene you know the, the, the they had where Gene was gone and Emma Frost was with them and had kind of that tension between her and Cyclops because oh, Emma stuff. Frost White Queen was such a villain back when the days of us yeah back you know, in the old days and even prior to the X-Men men are so helpless before the White Queen yeah <laughs> you know and then suddenly she's with the X-Men yeah so which is weird and uh, they had uh, uh, because Wolverine's popularity had gotten so out of control that they decided, oh, well, you know, Jean really should have ended up with Wolverine. Uh, no, she shouldn't have. Uh, but they decided, well, we can't just figure out what to do with it, so they decided to kill Jean off and bring Emma Frost in and said, no, no, Cyclops is going to be with her now. And So they, they completely screwed with stuff that I, I was not really keen on. Now, apparently what I've been hearing in some of the newest issues, they have like a younger Cyclops and a younger Jean Grey or something has suddenly warped into their modern time, and one of the two Cyclopses has decided he likes it better in space. And I, I don't know. And I, I almost they had a, they started his new series, Cyclops Number One. I saw it in the comic shop the other day, and I almost got it. But I was like, you know what? I'm I'm so confused and out of it with X Men now that I'm kind of done. I just read Spider Man anymore. Well, who knows? Maybe they'll fix it. Maybe they'll bring that stuff back. Maybe they'll get maybe back the, what they'll, used to be. if they can get back to how it was cool, you know. And maybe J.J. Abrams will take it back into a different reality. <laughs> yeah, get it back because boy, in the '90s it was great. Although for a while there, in the '90s was everything was had to be angsty, and so they had a few issues where nothing really happened except for a bunch of drama of oh we struggle. It was these long, thoughtful, drawn out things where there was nothing but thought thought squares, and oh yes, our life is so hard. Oh, and will they ever accept us? And I keep having to deal with all these other people. I just can't explain the tension I'm under. It was five issues of that, you know. <laughs> and then finally something would happen, like the issue where they had, you know, Psylocke. Uh, very, very big, complicated history we won't get into. But they had the old Psylocke come back and meet the new Psylocke, and turn out they were both Psylocke, but they were also both this ninja yeah. assassin. 
that issue, before that happens, at the very end of the issue, you have this whole angsty, 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 angsty crap, the entire issue, before finally at the end, oh, look, storyline, and then I, you know, was, you know, hey, cool, and then it got interesting again. But, you know, unfortunately, they also did that with Spider-Man for a while. They had mm-hmm. his all angsty, and he got tired of being Peter Parker and only wanted to be Spider-Man. Uh, there's no, there is no Peter Parker. There is only the spider. He quit making jokes and everything. He was the angry spider there for a little while. They just they felt that everything had to be angsty in the nineties. So I, I have to count that against them. What but. I did enjoy in the nineties though is it was they were hitting the thirty years and all that, and so therefore they had the hologram issues. Which I thirty still have. anniversaries. Yeah, and I still X Men did that too. X-Men did, and they Spider-Man had the big things where Wolverine's yeah. uh, adamantium was ripped out by Magneto on their I, anniversary. Yeah, I still ha- that's it. I still have yeah, that's the stuff. And then they came around with Bone Claws. Yeah, for a while, which was cool. But it's stun- after a while, that was another thing. It took them forever to bring Wolverine back into the Wolverine that we knew. Yeah, him. and then it wasn't until the new millennium that they had the whole origin story. Yeah, they gave it origins. Although there's some problems I have with that, the, the whole Sabretooth being his brother thing. Like, okay, all yeah, this time you fought weird. for all these years and you never mentioned it. Apparently there's an origins part two or something. I saw some of those out. And then there's a... Nowadays, it mm-hmm. looks like they might be killing Wolverine off. Yeah, he's lost his healing factor. I'm sure he'll get it back at some point, oh, and that's, that's how he will come back. But he's supposed to face an enemy this fall that will kill him. Now that, I will probably pre-order and actually get that. And as Phil's phone goes off, uh, yeah, actually, this is a good time to actually wrap this up. We've got a good 42 minutes here. Um, so, yeah, but that was our discussion of the X-Men. So I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, Phil's going to go make a phone call, and you'll hear me again real soon to wrap this whole package up. See you later, you mutant nuts, you. Yep. <laughs> All right, and that will wrap it up for this week's Neverland podcast. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it, and uh, definitely recommend going to see X-Men Days of Future Past. Uh, they really did manage to, by the end, set it up to where they can now franchise out the X-Men in uh, like fashion to what they're doing with the Avengers and all the Marvel characters that Disney uh, is carrying on right now. So uh, very exciting to see what the, the future is going to bring with uh, future mutant uh, outings. Uh, but they really do need to watch it uh, and uh, keep it to make sure that parents are okay with bringing their children and uh, don't push the lines uh, you know, a little too far just because the, you know it's not being made by Marvel Studios. Uh, there's a line you kind of want to keep to uh, with a comic book movie to where, you know, maybe keep the language out, uh, keep the nudity out, you know, keep it to a level where, you know, even if you get a PG-13 rating, parents feel comfortable bringing their kids along uh, to make it a family adventure fun movie. Should be a popcorn flick. So, all right. But uh, once again, uh, you can find us at NeverlandPodcast.com uh, or on Facebook slash Neverland Podcast. Twitter is at NeverlandPCast. The email address is podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. Please contact me with any, you know, your own thoughts on any X-Men movies would be good. Or, of course, anything that you would like me to cover. Uh, or any, you know, if you have a good sound file or whatever you'd like to share, let me know that you'd like to share it with everybody. Uh, of maybe you find something cool, you know, I have previously, you know, shown, uh, been or have shared <laughs> the uh, the read-along kind of books. If you have something like that you'd like to share or something really kind of cool or something you'd like, like I said, like me to cover, something from your childhood. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking uh, we might expand this beyond. This has become kind of geeky, nerdy kind of cast. But there's other things that could be you might be nostalgic for during the summer. Uh, my wife is saying, hey, we need to do something about some fun actor- outdoor activities we do during the summer. Uh, that's a possibility, I suppose. If anybody re- would be interested in that, uh, let me know. Uh, perhaps we could even talk about uh, some summer vacation vacation funds, maybe your favorite vacation, uh, favorite trip you would like to share. I don't know. We can have some fun with that. But next week, 
I'm not sure exactly ex- how it's going to end up coming together, but because of the release of the new Disney film Maleficent, uh, I am going to review that film, probably with my wife, and uh, we're going to let the villains invade Neverland next week, so it should be a lot of fun. Uh, might have just some pop-in guests and get people's views of their favorite villain, or we might have some special guests. I'm still working and hammering out the details. All I know is it'll be a lot of fun. You'd hate to miss it, so make sure you're here next week for the next Neverland podcast, and God bless. Don't forget your pixie dust. Good night, Neverland! Okay. Okay, so I'm a renegade when it comes to paying high dollar for, quite honestly, cheap treats in a movie theater so therefore I snuck in a lot of goodies however I didn't have enough in my pockets for for uh, Seth's daughter's drink so therefore I came walking and holding there that you can and I said I can't take my medication I said you guys are raping my wallet <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> and so now I have to go get it back <laughs> what your wallet no 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 no, no it, the no. pop they would let me bring this little can oh. of pop in i told them they raped my wallet with their prices uh, well they do have the new drink dispensers at this one where oh, you can mix your own drink up which i did like so okay what was that sound effect sound like wolverine tearing something up in there okay anyway so what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.